Hey everyone, this is Nick Dio. Welcome back to episode three of Inside 4Ds. I know we've had a few weeks off here. We were in the final sprint of, of 2018, as I'm sure many of you are. And uh, I'm actually really excited to announce that we've just finished our last 4D session of the year. So we're currently underway planning 2019. You know, it's very appropriate to just take a second and thank all of our 40s alumni from this year. It's been an absolutely incredible year. Uh, we fittingly held 18 sessions in 2018 and were consistently inspired by all the entrepreneurs, founders, operators, and the businesses that we get to spend time with during the Daily Digital Deep Dive. So on behalf of myself and the agency, we're humbled to be able to get to work with you and grow with you and it's going to be really fun watching what this group does over the next few years. So that's exciting as well. With that 2019 planning, we just finished our 40 schedule for Q1 in New York City. You can find those dates at VaynerMedia.com forward slash events. And we'll be kicking off the year with 40s down in Miami at the Hard Rock Stadium on January 16th, day before Agent 2021. For those of you that don't know, Agent 2021 is the premier conference for real estate, automotive, travel, and insurance agents that have a very forward-thinking social and digital first mindset. So we'll be down there for both events. I'll be down there with the team. If you're listening and attending, would would absolutely love to meet you. Now, before we get into this session from May 15th, I'd like to acknowledge all the feedback that I've been getting on Twitter, email, and Instagram DM. While we're only two episodes into this, I think we've got the makings of something special to share with the community and your input is massively appreciated. While we won't be able to go back in time and stop Gary from chewing directly into the microphone or place a second microphone on the table in the room for the attendees, just know that we've started to address both those points and we will continue to focus on improving this audio experience while being sure not to interrupt the private nature of these 4D sessions. We're going to toss you right into the mix here. As the cameras started rolling about 10 minutes into the conversation, the first question that Gary's addressing is, if you were to create your internal content team today and you had to build that out from scratch, what roles would you hire and how would you go about it? That's where you'll be picking up the conversation from. And as always, I'll be pausing the session to add some context in when needed and commentary for you to consider as it may apply to your business. Without further ado, we're, uh, we're excited to be back. This is episode three of Inside 40s. Yo, you know, the answer to more content is going to be you take the reason I film everything is you take all that and then that becomes the audio, the written word, the micro video, the long form video. So you need to have somebody full-time in video recording as much as humanly possible, in my opinion, depending on the nature of the personality and the business. Um, I highly recommend a full-time designer because too much of it is just visual pictures and I think pictures are a great way to get insights and lower your costs. So you can use pictures with quotes or imagery, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Twitter, all the LinkedIn, all these platforms need a level of pictures. I think that's tier... Video, pictures, architect is 
full requirement for me if you're gonna play. I think the next one becomes written word or audio is the next tier for me. Now, you may be able to find somebody who does video, written word, and audio. I think there's a lot of makers and creators out there. But what, what everybody wants to do here, whether they're doing it for themselves or for their business, is you want to create no friction for the end user. And not having content on LinkedIn is in essence friction because you're not giving people an opportunity to consume. Not being anywhere on the, not executing on every one of the seven or eight things is just leaving opportunity on the table. If you're fortunate enough to have built meaningful enough businesses where you can afford during this land grab gold rush moment, my recommendation is to do for all. I, you know, I always say watch what I do, not what I say. I'm producing for them all. How big do you have to be to be before you hire an agency like yourself or do it yourself? You also direct response hugely on acquiring followers and acquiring other things. And you didn't mention media buyer and I think we got to about four people. So like Right. Only because my brain's helter skelter. You need a media buyer full time. You know, and you know, like to me, you're absolutely right. Like to me, I, I said it wrong. The fourth one would have been hundred percent media buyer because the media is underpriced. I was probably subconsciously going the way I went about it. I was winning to the same way the gentleman there in the corner is. I did so well with organic for so long. I think the reason you hear me pounding my chest so heavily on buy Facebook ads, buy Instagram ads, what you heard at Remax is it's just so fucking under. I'm so upset that people have pride in organic growth in the face of underpriced media. It becomes your detriment instead of your strength. Don't forget, don't forget, there's a, there's a very big difference between running ads that then get, acquire you people that want to do business with you versus like buying fake followers. Running media isn't scam. Running media is the best scalable play at this moment in time. A lot of direct, you know, I, I put you know, math and art on an equal pedestal, right? What I learned early in my career about Google and email is what's driving me being so loud about Facebook and Instagram. They don't come around that often. Like, like there's still, like I wish there was something I could tell you more. When people are like, Gary, what's next? I'm like, I wish I could be excited about it. I wish Musical.ly was, made it. I wish Musical.ly made it. I wish Snapchat was equal to Facebook. I wish there was more things, but there's not. There's these seven or eight or nine things and some, like Twitter does not have a good ad product. That's why I never hear it out of my mouth. I think Twitter is incredible to jump into the conversation. Do I think your business should have somebody full-time community managing and speaking to the men and women that are attracted to that kind of brand based on all the hippy dippy healthy words? Yes, I do. As a matter of fact, the number one thing I want to do, that is for my team, I apologize, I'm just being selfish, I need a community manager for real. Like there's just unlimited business conversations on Twitter and like we can win. LinkedIn's absurd. So if you were me, would you hire an agency to help you with all this digital stuff? I would not do that. I would first have you personally spend the next six months learning it because then you could be a good judge to the people that you work with, whether for you or ex. The number one thing I'm scared of right now is people jumping in too quickly and hiring outside people because the amount of bullshit people in the ecosystem is enormous. And when you don't know how to judge it, you're fucked. A lot of times you say hire two kids at 35000 a piece to start. At what point do you go spend ninety to get the um, buyer? Or you spend two twenty or not two twenty. I don't well so like I think they're different. So let's talk about it. Creatively, I don't think experience is a direct indicator on ta- on t- the talent. So I love the I love the fact that all of these characters are growing up, you know, learning how to edit, learning how to shoot. I mean the, the 
you know, could you imagine if we could have grown up with all these tools? Like, I, I mean, I would have never graduated high school. I'd be making $40 million a year as a six-year-old. You know, like, like it was like, you know, it was, it was, it's incredible the level of skill that you're seeing from 19, 20, 22-year-olds. It's because either, they both are attracted to the talent and there's more permission. A lot of us in this room didn't grow up with permission for artistic things to be viable financial outlets unless you actually came to an ad agency. Um, and two, they just put in a lot of work. The amount of hours they've put in. So I think on the creative front, I'm very high on it. On the math and media front, I like more experience because you've seen more things and there you exponentially grow with your knowledge on seeing more. I, I'm incredibly knowledgeable because VaynerMedia spends $600 million of media dollars that I look under the hood of, which has made me far more educated than I would have on you know, what I spent. So I would say on the art side, I think it's just, it's raw talent, which is a place that I feel like I'd rather go kiss some frogs and find the delta. And on the math side, I do think experience matters. And I also love people who've been successful in an old world who have the open-mindedness to play in the new world, AKA Google guy or gal who doesn't shit on Facebook because the DR doesn't work the same way. DR on Facebook works, you just can't do Google DR tactics on Facebook. Because those were just blue letters, so creative had no variable. And all the math kids are mad now, but it doesn't change the fact that it's underpriced attention. Hey everyone, Nick here. I want to jump in to kind of recap Gary's recommendation for which roles to hire when building out that internal content and marketing team. So he lists an architect, a creator, a designer, a writer, voice slash audio, and a media buyer. So that's six roles. Now, you might not have the framework to support six roles, or you might need more than those six roles. But I think he does a really good job of distilling down what that really means. What he's talking about is math and art. You need to have creators that respect the nuances of these individual platforms. And you identify these creators based on the needs of your business. But more importantly, where your consumers are spending their time. If your business requires something that's more visual, then you're going to need that creator that specializes in photo and video. If your business requires something that's more uh, dependent on the written word, then you're looking for that copywriter role. It's about assembling this creative team to ladder back up to the objectives of the business while always keeping in mind the end consumer and then building the framework for sustainable content. And that's respecting the creative. Now, when we think about the math side of the equation, these two need to be equally prioritized. What we're talking about is content and distribution. And what Gary points out here is we're looking for a well-rounded marketer who understands both the organic and paid opportunities in a social and digital environment and how to best pair that with the creative that they have access to. We're going to rejoin the session and we're leaving off on a question from an attendee that asked in a B2B environment or when targeting an older demographic that might not be spending time on social and digital, do you still think the attention is underpriced? Here's Gary's response. There's not a business that you can bring up to me that, doesn't, that should not do Facebook advertising. None, zero. The end. So I use it blank for Facebook for sure. It's both on your personal, 
Um, if you're a B2B product selling $80,000 machines, I still think Facebook can get you there if you know how to create content to create shareability within the Facebook. If you're making it for, if you know you're selling an $80,000 bakery machine and you know that if your video and pictures are like, do you know a baker? Like, like you, when it's so underpriced, you can take the risk of 85% of the people not giving a fuck. That's the punchline. What about Twitch? You mentioned that. I'm not familiar with it, but you mentioned about the ad space on a podcast once. Can you kind of catch us up to speed on that? If you're trying to sell to 15 to 34-year-old males, you have to really consider Twitch as a place to figure out. Twitch is so narrowly about gaming right now, and I'm not convinced that it doesn't evolve out of it as a, as a macro streaming platform, but um, you know, I'm building, maybe we'll bring you over, I don't know if you guys walked, maybe you can show them, we're literally building my, I'm building a Twitch studio right outside my office right now. I can't play Fortnite or Call of Duty because I'm too busy now, I don't game and I have no interest in letting these kids beat my face in. <laughs> so what I'm gonna do is play retro games on Twitch because it's authentic to me and I'm gonna beat their faces in and double dribble and Blades of Steel and, and Ring King and, uh, and then make content. And, and streaming is an incredibly powerful media. If you're capable of doing Facebook Live and Twitch and Instagram Live and Periscope and those, if you're capable of maintaining an audience's attention in a live format, you have a business, a big one. QVC is no fucking joke. You know, and think about it, sports and, and award shows, like if you, and SNL, like if you can do live, it's big. It's just most people can't. And Twitch allows most of the people, like you know, so much of the audience is there to watch the person play. I, I love pe- people are so, it's unbelievable how people are not uh, thoughtful about these things. I was having dinner with the big executives like, it's like, why the fuck would somebody want to, big, like big time guy, like hundred, running hundreds of billion dollar companies, like why the fuck would somebody want to, these kids, why would you want to watch somebody play fucking video games? I'm like, you watch somebody play golf. <laughs> it's just like, it's unbelievable that we're not capable of understanding like what we're doing and how it, like, because they think that's a sport, the way you think, like why would anybody watch basketball? I'm sure there's somebody who's like, Saying that in 1939, like this is the stupidest shit of all time. Like, why would you watch another man play basketball? I got a uh, related question. A lot of what has been talked about earlier today really skews to a very young demographic. Um, what about how is it evolving with respect to let's let's call it the 55 or 45 and up? I, I think that's I think that's the most fruitful audience on Facebook today. That's what I'm going for. So, okay. it, I mean, it's they live on Facebook. Looking at grandkid pictures and I mean, I've I have almost gotten I've almost reverse engineered that sixty to eighty is so underpriced on Facebook that like there was one meeting I took. I'm trying to stay disciplined. I'm pretty chaotic to begin with, but I literally was like, "Fuck! I need to start a business that sells to sixty to eighty year olds. Should I buy retirement homes? Should I like? I really, really went there. I was like, it's such a big delta, and nobody's doing it, and everybody doesn't realize it. Kind of like kind of like when you say it, people are like, "Oh yeah, like." That's right, my, my, my elderly parents or my grandparents, they live on it. They fucking live on it. And now that like, 
they get to like spew their like political views, forget it. It's like the holy grail. It's like Facebook is like dominates if you're 65 and older. The amount of money that they have. Mm-hmm. And then and then you yeah, brother. Can we go around and do poignant questions? Yep. Sure. Sorry, Nick. Go ahead. Uh, so what, like, I'm trying to build a personal brand. I'm yes. Like, full-time job, like separate full-time job is just building content. I'm like fitting, like learn how to use iMovie and do all my editing and shit. Just like it's, you know. Do you have capital to deploy against an employee for it? I do. You I should s- do that yesterday. Yeah. That's that one $35,000 person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's my next step. I and figured, don't forget, like, you, you never know, right? Like. You might have to fire them after two right. months. That's okay. And, and I think you, you know, listen, we, we all want to be good people. You're just very upfront. You're like, look, I'm an entrepreneur. This is a luxury. This is not how I grew up thinking that I was going to spend this 40,000 bucks. I need you to fucking hustle. Yeah. You know, like my team, when it was like two of us, like we've gotten, sl- like even though we're the fastest thing, we're slower with more people. Like you can get enormous amounts done if you pick the right person or two. You know? So I guess my next question is, I, I, figured, I wanted to learn how to do it all first. Just so kind of I like that. See Same about. advice I'm giving. That's why as soon as I heard you say the I, word iMovie, then I was already like, now get out of yeah. it. <laughs> so my next question is, what do I do in terms of like, you know, Instagram is, my, is, the, is the main... What do you want to happen? I Let's want, start there. You know, I want to build my personal brand. Why? You know, for wellness purposes. You know, so, mm-hmm. I, so this is the deal. I'm, I'm a dermatologist. <laughs> Good. And... I see patients every day. Yep. And half of the time when I'm seeing my patients, I'm not even talking about their dermatological issues. It's like, you know, my patient came to see me last month. No, it's not. Oh. It's just like, the light, like someone came to see me last month it's like, hey, I want to lose weight. You know, like, uh, oh, I, I want to lose weight. So I'm like, all right, so what are you doing to lose weight? You know, I want to eat healthy, I want to exercise. Okay, no, this is what you need to do. You need to go to Amazon Prime, buy a scale. You need to, how much do you weigh? This is how much protein you need to eat. I cannot believe you said that today. This is not a joke. This really happened this morning. I texted Jordan, my trainer. I want him traveling with a scale now. Why? He literally. <laughs> What's up with the scale? Something very what bad you, happened to me. Food? There's a real reason why I've gained seven pounds over the last couple months. I figured out how to manipulate my scale in the bathroom. <laughs> uh huh. And I've li- literally the only thing that was keeping me up. I realized for the last four years, like I like being accountable to other things, you know. It's so funny. I can't believe. I just funny. I had a very funny moment this morning. Okay, so so okay. So you're trying to build a more rounded point of view around yourself. Fine. Right. For what? Why? So that you can then monetize that in book form. So you can. Maybe. So I don't know. Let's Sarah let's talk it out. Me last night. Yeah. I don't really know. Like Sarah I, told me last night. What did I tell you last night? You said you want to be the Indian Tony. That's what I want to be. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, that's a. There's a very important reason. We, you have to give me that answer because the advice is completely different, predicate on it. The number one way to become a motivational character or an influencer of people is to give away as much good advice for free as possible for as long as possible. If you want to be the Indian Tony Robbins, then I would recommend that you take every one of your profits to the furthest that you can while still maintaining some level of your normal day in and day out life and put it around building out infrastructure and spending ads on social so, media. So that's my next question. What exactly, like, what kind of ads am I putting out? Because I, I don't have any you're, salary. You're, you're, you're amplifying the content that you want people to hear. So just like boosting posts? Like that's no. Scale. Talk about no. scale. Never. Never boost. It's the, I think it's the worst inventory. So like what do I do specifically? You, you'll get to the paid media part. They'll show you in full detail. You'll plan media. My recommendation is you would run ads against 35 to 65 year old Indian Americans. Because subcultures attract each other. You'll win there first. 
You can make references in your, co- I made a post to Russian speaking Americans in Brooklyn that watched Shark Tank and spoke in Russian and English in a piece of content. That's why it over indexed. You reverse engineer who you're talking to and then you make the content. If you know where the distribution's going, then you know what content to make. You can make a, you can make a reference to a spice that maybe I wouldn't understand. Got it? Right. But, but that's, if you want to be that, then that's what you need to do as far as what content you make, that's on you. Right. That's the point of it all. Everybody so wants to be the idiot Tony. I mean, not, not just the idiot people. Wouldn't it be inspirational be... content, words of wisdom, things like that? Yeah, but I think I think like yes, but I think content? you need to be very careful. Like, yeah, well, the true answer is you need to speak your truth. Right. Let's start there. Like, I've never all my fucking quotes. I've said them all. Like I've never made a piece of content with the thought of, I, there's like 15 quotes I can come up with right now in this room that I know would get more engagement than the quotes that I have because they're human truths that I know would over-index. It just, they're not things I care about or think about or say. So it's very dangerous. You know, look, as you may know, I don't want to be a motivational character. I just happen to be pretty optimistic and very rah-rah and head coachy and motivational. Uh, but I got there by accident. I think you need to be careful to not become a caricature of yourself when that's the goal. Not that that shouldn't be the goal. You need to be thought, you need to tell your truths. Right, yeah, but that's kind of like the content I'm producing. It's like literally me seeing patients and doing like, you know, Botox and fillers and stuff on yep. patients and my workout in the morning. And Love it. What I'm eating and you know, just like it's, it's my life. The answer to your question is more. Right. The answer to your question is more and free. Yeah. Free, 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 oh, free. Yeah. Right? Cool. Hey guys, Dio here. Let's drive home two very specific points. Gary often asks the question, what do you want to happen? And then works backwards while repeatedly asking why. This is an incredibly simple exercise and it's one that I'd recommend you try if you're currently facing a business obstacle or you're at a crossroads. The second takeaway from this interaction with our attendee who's a dermatologist by trade and not a marketer, is that in the realm of building a personal brand, patience and practitionership is so important. Having the confidence to ask the question, how do I run an Instagram ad campaign, is a real question. Having the appetite to want to learn takes real patience. And I think that's the through line with all the 40s alumni and the community, is that there's a real appetite to learn and ask the question why. Okay, let's get back into the session. Uh, when Vayner launched, it began as uh, community management, which is kind of funny because coming full circle sounds like you want community management. Yeah, that is kind of cool. Um, but when you were doing that for brands, at what point did you, as a company, decide, okay, now it's time to move on to a second, third, fourth service? It, ca- it happened naturally. It wasn't very thoughtful. It was me, don't forget, I knew nothing about the industry. Okay. So it, I was kind of reacting. At first, I thought what VaynerMedia was gonna do was be more consulting, more like Vayner mentors. Like, I just thought I was smart and I knew what other smart people look like in this world and we would be more Bain and McKinsey and Boston Consulting. Like, pay me $600,000 and we'll listen and we'll go back to the hut and we'll think and we'll present and if you, hopefully you'll listen and we'll be on our merry way. Um, 
but then I was like, holy shit, like this creative thing is interesting and it's what I did like at Wine Library. Oh, this is what I really did at Wine Library. I, I kind of forgot that I did strategy because it was so natural and then I made stuff and I did stuff. So we evolved into that. It wasn't remarkably thoughtful. I think where it, where it was thoughtful was at the macro, like why? I, I know why I'm doing this. I know that I want to build the best communications, marketing, whatever you want to call it, machine and I know that I want to buy Puma or Cracker Jacks or Aquafina or Dunkin' Donuts. Like I want to buy an enormously big business for hundreds of millions of dollars and then I want to sell it for billions of dollars by running it through the machine, AKA 12 executives go and work at Dunkin' Donuts. They use VaynerMedia service. So, so I knew that I had to get to everything. That's why I'm giving you that answer. By knowing I had to get to everything eventually, I wasn't so worried about which one when because I wasn't looking to maximize margin and I knew that I didn't want to go backwards. So I didn't want to build great media capabilities around Google or banner ads. I didn't want to make television commercials. I didn't want to go backwards. I wanted to invest in what I knew was coming because I knew that would be a competitive advantage and I knew that that's inevitably where I was going to, I was going to market on banner ads or direct mail or television by the time I got seven or 10 years later to buying Goodyear tires, right? So it's a, you know, I think when you're asking the question, I think you're making a very smart decision to go down into podcasting and I think the other things you can debate is voice work overall on Alexa. I think you should debate AI. I think you should debate AR. I wouldn't do VR because it's too far away. I think you try to win in the things that emerge in a 24 to 48 month window because once you win those, if you had a shop that's only podcasting and only machine learning and only 3D animations, right? For the Snapchat studio world. Um, and influencer marketing, let's just say that. You're gonna get all the other stuff because you're gonna win. But I also don't love this whole referral from other businesses gig because you're, I, don't, I don't like how the brand equity is being built. I want them to come through your toll booth, not somebody else's. It's fun to have, people, people can get trapped. It's like, you think you're clever, you're like, oh, we have other people selling for us, but you're playing second fiddle brand-wise, and I think that plays out over time. It was less, it's less about that, more of the, like, the companies, we offer all these services, but we don't do video in-house. Oh, great, you do video, we've got a bunch of clients that need to start doing video, because usually it's I get it. round one, building out all the stuff, and then offering up that video stuff, and that's been, once Are, we took down those other things, all of a sudden we became, I get it. there's more business. I get it. We're definitely not building around that. Um, but it sounds like most of your decision making was not the market telling you, hey, there's a need for this, it was The customer saying, telling me customer. with early indicators of what they were gonna do. That has been my religion. So did you have a lot of customers today saying, we would like to get into voice? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't mean the customers like Procter & Gamble and Unilever, I mean human beings on earth. Okay, yeah, the far end customers. Follow the actual end user, be most aligned with them and always win. You know, Kellogg's isn't telling me to care about Twitch, I'm telling myself to care about Twitch. Kellogg's customers are telling you. Humans. So, yeah. And that gets into segmentation. There's certain things that will over-index younger and older. Facebook to me is just a complete at scale. Things start young, tend to go older if they can stick around or they start like LinkedIn and stay one way. But like I would argue LinkedIn might be one of the most interesting places for you to think about. 
how does your company network the learnings that individual teams get around, I don't want to call them hacks, but like. Super poorly. I mean, like you said in one of your, like like you just said, out, like, hey, we're not doing out, this. Out, like, shout outs between one and six. Easy, per e easily one of the biggest issues at VaynerMedia. Because I'm bad at it. I'm really funny. I'm unbelievably at it with my, unbelievably good with it with my audience and not as good with my own team and employees. There's this weird thing I have where I love the aha too much at the detriment of myself. I've been hacking at it, using that term. We're starting, I think we're on the verge of having the kind of conversations that lead to a lot better collective learning but the fucking fragmentation of information in this company is a fucking disaster. How do we stay as close to the front of the line as far as social media, what's really working? By being a, asks, by be, do you boost posts? No, you like by, hyper fragment. By, by being a practitioner. By just trying a ton of shit. Test, test, test. You know, just really being a true, first of all, I think the answer is yes to everything. Let's start with that. So I think one of the things that people really struggle with is they're trying to be on less platforms to be better at one, everybody thinks it's great to just dominate on Instagram versus being stretched too thin on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I don't. I think you need to put, this is, so let's start with this. Let me level up a little bit, it'll make sense. I believe that communication is the single most important thing outside of health to a human being. Okay guys, jumping in here. It's important to underline exactly what Gary just said. I believe that communication is the single most important thing outside of health to a human being. If we were to take a step back from this conversation, at the core of all of these questions is how do we effectively communicate to more people? Is it words, pictures, videos? Is it audio? Is it through influencers? Which platforms to which Gary believes it's all and always? And that investment in doing so is a worthwhile one. I think this sets us up really, really well for the next 10 or 15 minutes. So I'll talk to you guys then. Like there's a very specific reason that when there's a coup d'etat that they go after the fucking media centers first. Literally it's army then media, right? It's because it's how you make people do things. So to me, everybody here, regardless of where you are in your path, where you're at financially, becoming great at understanding how modern day communication works is just unbelievably disproportionately valuable in a sea change. You know, you look at the economics people made when they understood television versus radio or early internet or in, your, in the world of like what I'm grasping from how many businesses you've done, if it's technology, given your age, like it's been, to your point, hacks. There's always been white spaces, whether it was email or Google AdWords or pre roll like, There's just been, there's always something. But sometimes they're bigger than others. And that's why I'm so crazy about Facebook. I just don't think people understand. I really, I don't know how else to say it. Like it's unbelievably underpriced. And it's about to get really expensive. Most of you aren't doing anything about it. I'm telling everybody, nobody's doing shit about it. It's getting expensive now? Of course. It's just a good use of your time, especially where you are at this point. It's a disproportionately good use of your time. It's clouds and dirt, right? 
be smart, be do, it's what I do. I'm like super, can get real heady. I, you, know, you, know, you know how uh, sometimes you use that term, pl- uh, teams play to the level of their competition? It's me. Like you, you put me in a very, like I always wish we, re- we can't record my most heady meetings as you can imagine because they're fancy people, but I'm always like fuck. I wish people could see this because that's what I do. I play to the level of my, but it's, you, you know, you've gotta be a practitioner. You've, I think, you know, I think the reason I'm different is I consume nobody else's content and I just watch people online at scale and do things. And the answer is always yes. Yes, Medium. Yes, LinkedIn. Yes, the, you know, yes, yes, you know? So I think it's, I just think it's disproportionately valuable. I don't, I, I, there's no skill that I think is better than being a contemporary day trader of attention. Because as you know, based on 10 businesses and kind of how I'm listening to you and just the subtle things you've given me, once you got that down, you can deploy anything against it. So basically I'm just building the super macro version of what a lot of people have done well in the micro on the internet. You know? So I got a question. So my wife and I, we, um, we've been working together for like nine years. Okay. And uh, we started doing residential commercial financing, which led into starting a property management company, which led into building portfolios for people, yep. which led into building our own portfolio. So we got rid of, we actually sold the property management company last year just because it was a headache. I get it. ROI. I get it. And so we've never really focused on just branding, just marketing. We just, like I said, we just work our asses off and business comes in the door. I get it. um, We're in a space, like especially commercial real estate for financing, it's like, it's nobody's doing anything with it's just it's dead and it's like literally dead no I know bro. residential is a little bit more yep. so we have a background of all this stuff and knowledge and one thing we were going to do is start podcasting just about because a lot of people want to know advice like how to own real estate how to manage real estate you know estate, the answer brother the answer is yes act like a media company just for it all because 99% of people aren't going to do anything about it everybody thinks that they're gonna give away their secrets which is gonna take away their competitive advantage because they don't understand how much abundance is in the system and they don't realize how many people don't do anything about anything. That's it, those are the two deltas. Just give it all away. Just give it all away. Man, I really give my shit away. And if you really listen to me and you really watch me, then I'm really giving it away. Yeah. If you just listen and you don't kind of like spend the time to like be like, you know, like ask the questions of like, why do he stop? putting 15 hashtags as the first post to every Instagram post. I'm not doing it for fun. You know, I may do it for test, and so then you gotta see if I consistently do something. No, you dropped a sub five a while ago. That's right, and there's a reason, you know? And there's no, by the way, sometimes it's mathematical and sometimes it's intuitive. Like, I just can sense that Instagram is really conscious about cleaning up their platform which is why I never get into short-term behavior. There's no engagement group that I'm a part of. All these, and these are getting into some more details now, but like people starting groups on Instagram and will like each other's shit to help vig the outcome. Like, they're all blacklisted. Like, Google taught me a long time ago, you can't fight City Hall. Instagram's got all the data. You're living on their platform. I love, people are so funny. Like, I'm just thinking about some of the meetings I had. Like, like how would they know? I'm like, this is literally like people. I'm like, you're on the platform. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, it's, it's really funny. Well, not, I mean, I, you know, Phil Dump's sitting there not having a good question, but I mean, I really I listen to you so much. I think I'm on the right track. I mean, we've got a, 
to start a show called Watch Your Story that comes on every week. We do about our community. I yes. Need, I need to do more content. Period. The answer is the answer. Literally, the collective answer, brother, is more. Only because it's so good right now. Again, watch what I do, not what I say. There's a very specific reason that I wasn't producing content, even though I've been producing it since 2006. I was quite quiet in 12 to 14, and it was because there was nothing, like Facebook hadn't gotten there with all its offerings. Google became mature enough that it was properly priced. Email was declining. Like it just, you know, traditional media was still around. Like it was just not a great era. Like it just wasn't great. It just, it didn't feel like, I didn't feel compelled to put in, you know, and this is why, but this is a great, great era right now. Like, it's a great, great, because the human shift, like we've jumped it, right? Now it's digital first. This is, this is it. The fucking, this is it. So I have a, a book coming out in August. My last book came out last year. I think I reached out to maybe 10 or a dozen Instagram influencers in my space and said, hey, my book's coming out. I'm giving away 50 copies. Will you post it? Is, for my new book coming out, is there such thing as too many? People on Instagram posting the same thing? No. Just even talk me through that logic. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Just saturation, just seeing it. Nobody over. sees anything, bro. Yeah. You know which volume is out there? Yeah. No, that's definitely not the case. I would also tell you that, you know, unless you have a personal relationship with those 50 that you reached out or doesn't, did you? Or they were more random as influencers. Uh, no, I would just DM them. You have and to, a lot of them were like, hey, I know who you are. I listen to your podcast. I'm like, awesome. That's awesome. I, I would also highly recommend trying to provide them more value than that approach. You know? Just, you're not, in, that approach is more like cold emailing, cold calling, which, by the way, it's not that I'm against them. I just think there's a better way to get more value. Like, to me, you, you giving, you, you, Give me an example. Sure. Uh, if you have, if your niche has the fortune of having a small amount of influencers, I would DM them and say, "Hey, you're one of the 50 guy or gals that I think could really influence my book. Uh, if you give it some love, uh, as opposed to da, 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 you know, I'd love to invite you, and I want to host a dinner for as many of you that uh, do it, and we'll just shoot the shit, and I'll give you guys some of my insights. Providing something. I think access is the most important thing one can provide because it's time. It's not scalable." That's why people, right? So I would, I would just give that some thought. I would just give that some thought. Asking's great too, but I think, I think you'll convert a lot better. The authenticity and the energy behind it will be disproportionately better if you give something up. Just say, I'll jump on call. It's fully valuable for you. Yeah. Like there's just, there, that's a 100% value exchange for, in your favor. Make a whole dollar off the book. <laughs> yeah, no, and you know this. It's more about the brand, and there's many other things than just the dollars. But like, I just would think about other things you could provide. You know, you see a lot of times I try to do these contests where like the payoff is disproportionately valuable. You know, and, it's, and then it's always just about making sure you're doing everything without expectations. So when we do influencer stuff, we send them all. We don't even ask them to post. Building a personal brand like a lot of people are doing, how do you justify spending a ton of money or having a team of two to three people when you don't have a back-end product? So you have a back-end product, you don't have a back-end product yet. How does he justify scaling to a team of $150,000, $200,000 a year 
and you're saying hold out as long as you can without selling, right. how long or how do you continue to justify that? Right. My practice is funding it, you know, my mm. clinical practice. I get it. Okay. Uh, you know, I think it's a very personal question. It's a very good question. It, it, it just comes down to what you're trying to achieve. So if you're trying to achieve making $300,000 a year, you can probably very easily get into any Alibaba product or $3,000 course or you can go to that right away. I think, to your point, I gotta do a better job of really making sure people understand what I'm saying. The longer you can hold out, you know, I, I do reference it sometimes, the longer you can hold out, out you're gonna get bigger returns. So for me, I justify it because I view it as the brand as the thing that makes the money, not the other way around. AKA, if I wasn't building brand, there was no way that K-Swiss was gonna write me a check up front, regardless of how many pairs of sneakers sells. Got it? Now, look, I may have the talent to achieve at that highest level, but I genuinely do believe that there is a very different thing that happens once you open up the second part of the question. I wrote a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook because I want people to sell. I want them, like, you should. I think it comes down to what do you want. There is an unbelievable exchange that happens when you go from giving to asking. It's a fundamental shift. I, you know, it's funny, I always tell my female entrepreneurs, I'm like, you should know this. I'm like, this is dudes. Like, they're nice, they're nice, they're nice, then it gets weird. You know, like, like, <laughs> like you know this. Okay guys, um, bringing us back to 2013, when Gary launched his book, Jab, 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 Right Hook which was a really clever way of saying, give, 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 ask. As you might know, Gary's incredibly bullish on building leverage, and his advice here to the attendees in the room is to do that through their own content, utilizing the democratic marketplace that is the internet. I think what complicates this process for so many is that communication has never been more accessible, but the path to conversion has also never been more efficient. So knowing when to give and when to ask is paramount. Knowing when to jab and when to hook is winning the fight. Okay, let's get back into the episode. A couple things. So first, I mentioned this to Nick earlier, and I'm, I have something for Babin. I was all about your beef jerky, and I'm a vegetarian, and I was ready <laughs> to support you. She was surprised he was here. She was shocked I he was swear, here. I swear, I was she like, was like, he was like I, isn't I he doing the beef, beef jerky? jerky. <laughs> Guys, I'm telling you, Bobby Babin's beef jerky. It was awesome. It's like, the whole I, thing was I, so awesome. I, and Seriously. you know what's funny, and this is back, this is a, I'm so glad you brought this up. This is where brand's interesting to me. This is awesome. I know, for fact, we're sitting on a three to five million dollar a year beef jerky direct-to-consumer business right now. Yeah. And like, that's what brand, brand lets you come in second instead of you did it for first, got it? It's, it's counter-punching, it's what I am. And like, for me, I'm like, we're for tar, you know, we do this, and I don't even <laughs> eat meat, but God, I wanna support you. <laughs> You're like gonna break your vegetarian just for Bobby Babbitt's <laughs> beef God, jerky. I'll, one bite, no. Um, and then the second thing is kind of the, we talked about this last night, Kenny and I, um, about the value-add proposition, like that distinction that kind of sets you apart because everybody does kind of want to do that thing and the influencer thing, and he's like six, seven, and we were talking Handsome. about- Handsome. Huh? And insane, yeah, great on, not, I don't have a tough job yeah. calling this guy. So, yeah, it's he's got this different thing about him that's a distinction, and for me, 
personally in my business, because I own a digital marketing agency, I just do the video side of everything. My business partner handles all the techie stuff that I hate. She does everything I don't like, vice versa. Smart. And so, but for me, I'm one of the only women that I know of in this space doing what I do in the sort of Bab and D-Rock space. And oh, there's a lot. I don't know any women that are really doing it. I would need to find out where how much they time are do you spend on how, how much time do you spend on YouTube searching? None. <laughs> None. Awfully fine to find people when you're not looking for where they all live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, doing it for other people and other oh, clients. Oh yeah. And well, let's start with this. Let's game, let's start with this. Know? No question, the most exciting part of when I decided to do the D-Rock thing was I did it at the moment I realized everybody was gonna do it. And those first two years when everyone's like, you're a douchebag, this is weird, what the fuck? I was like, this is so great. This is, I just knew. I mean, it's going to be in an enormous industry. There's two very distinct conversations. One is, I wanna put this out to provide value. Yeah. And then there's, I want to put this out to provide value to make some money off of it. You have to be self-aware to understand what you're doing. Because if you're not, you will lose. Because then you are giving with expectation in return. You, you've got, like, it's very easy. Tell that story. Start a podcast. Put a camera to your face. Tell it. I want to make sure you're not thinking, I want to do that, and then start a certification school no. for women. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that, yeah, but I'm giving you the answer. Well then fucking take your camera and start fucking making videos and post it. Like, you know, like. I'm so busy posting everybody else's stuff, I just haven't Turn focused the camera on, on yourself. I haven't focused on my own shit, like, at all. Because of something, you have to understand that. Okay. You can't say that this is what you want to do and then not be doing it. It's because of something. You know, whether, whether it's, it's an insecurity or a lack of clarity. I don't think you've been ready to. You know. Based on our conversations, yes. I think you're ready now. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, once Good you say, point. yeah, because once you say it out loud for the first time and you let it fly. Yeah, it's the first time I've said it out loud in a group like this for yeah. sure. Right. So now you're set. Now you're fucked. Like the, now you're set. <laughs> we're gonna need you to leave. Yeah. <laughs> the kidnappers in jail yeah. are fucked. I'm definitely. You know not. what I mean? Yeah. So. Okay. You just gotta, you, you know, the one thing I would say is that we have an enormous, you know, a lot of times. Uh, I think that there's, I, I'm just, I couldn't recommend less not being unbelievably upfront and transparent with your audience about what you're up to. Like you have to do it. It's the single most important thing. And I watch all these people and they're just complete hypocrites. They're like raz on somebody but then they're doing it, they're just waiting a year to do it. Just own it. Just fucking own it. There's nothing wrong with capitalism and selling shit. There's a lot more wrong with acting like you're trying to change the world and then come behind it with some fucking private label vitamins from China. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's fucking bullshit, like fuck you. And by the way, you can do that too, you change your mind, I don't know, like fine. But if you're full of shit, you're full of shit. And that never works out. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Thank you. we'll do photos later. See you guys soon. Thank you guys. All right everyone, that's the end of episode three of Inside 4Ds. Thank you so much for making it this far. We should have two more episodes coming out between now and the new year, so be on the lookout for those. As always, your feedback is greatly appreciated. You can reach me on email at n-d-i-o-d-a-t-o at vaynermedia.com or on Instagram at Nick 
D-I-O. To wrap this up, I want to share something that's been really, really unique for me to witness firsthand. These conversations have really helped give some of those in the room permission to go and create, to go do. I'd like to shout out uh, two people, at dr underscore M-U-D-G-I-L, is Dr. Mudgill. He's the dermatologist that was in the room who has since gone on to build his content team, launch his podcast, start his YouTube channel, and really double down on distributing content at scale. I really enjoy watching a lot of his stuff, and I just think he's doing a great job. The other is at Medical School HQ. That's Dr. Ryan Gray, who was in the room talking about utilizing influencers to launch his new book. Since 4Ds, Ryan has taken um, a very forward-facing role in front of the camera, and I believe he's now up to seven podcasts, something that he's been crushing for a long time. Now, okay, that's it. Wishing you all health and happiness. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Inside 4Ds.